Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Thank you so much for being here with us on this Tuesday edition of Fantasy MLB Today. My name is Joe Arrico, and I am your host. For those of you who have not already found me there, you can get me on Twitter at JoeArrico99. That's at J-O-E-O-R-R-I-C-O-99. You get with me there, and I'll answer any of your questions. Firstly, if you guys have any questions, uh, it's nice if you specify your format, whether it be points league, category league, head-to-head, roto, whatever it is. Uh, and you ask me your questions, I'll get back to you as soon as I can on there, typically within an hour or two, sometimes quicker, sometimes a little bit more. But go ahead, hit me on Twitter for that. You can also see my threads that I post. Some of them go up daily, some of them weekly. And you also get links to the show as soon as they go out every day. So you never miss a show if you follow me on Twitter. Uh, one last thing, uh, one last bit of housekeeping before we get to the game recaps from yesterday. If you guys are listening on, or whatever you're listening on, whether it be Spotify, uh, Apple, Stitcher, whatever it be, uh, Hit the five-star review button if you could. It helps us to grow here in the early going. We're still a fairly new show, despite us having 30-some-odd shows under our belt. We're still pretty new. So if you could hit the five-star button, it would really help us to grow and expand here, help more people to see the show. So that is really what we're trying to do here is expand in the early going, and you guys can really help uh, in a very simple way by just hitting the five-star button. That's enough for me on the self-promo and. Let's get into looking at yesterday's games, and we'll start with the first game of the afternoon from yesterday, which was Kansas City and St. Louis, and this was a really close game. I hope you bet the under on this one. It was a one nothing game, and both starters were actually very good, so we'll start with the winning pitcher, who was Steven Matz, who I was a little cautious about yesterday. I believe what I said was, if you already have him, then he's good to deploy. I wasn't really convinced to use an ad on him if he was available this early in the week, but he really paid off yesterday. Over six innings, he gave up four hits, no earned runs, and struck out four while also getting the victory. Very nice performance, whether it be in category or points leagues. You really liked the production he got there. The only run of the whole game was a Paul Goldschmidt home run in the bottom of the first inning, and that was it. It was unfortunate for <clears throat> Matt's counterpart, Zach Grinke, because he had a really good outing, and he's, you know, he's having a really good season so far, despite not striking anybody out, really. Over six innings, he gave up only three hits, one earned run, which was the home run, and he only struck out one. <clears throat> but his ERA to this point of the year is two five seven through five starts. Granted, he has seven strikeouts, which is it's really a tough, it's a tough zero almost to take in a category where you expect production from a starting pitcher. So you have to take the good with the bad. You get the really nice whip and the really nice ERA, <clears throat> but on the other side, there are no victories and only seven strikeouts. So with the good, you also get the bad, right? So I, I like having Grinky on, on rosters at this point, especially if you have guys at the top of your rotation, like Corbin Burns, Zach Wheeler's, the Rodons, guys who really get a lot of strikeouts. 
and you can just have Grinky around for ratios, then, you know, I think that's really a viable strategy. If your team is made up of soft tossers who don't really get a lot of strikeouts, your Chris Flexens, your Cole Irvins, guys, guys like that, and there's more examples as well. But if you guys don't really have a lot of strikeouts, then Grinky is obviously not going to be a huge asset there. But he can really help you with ratios. He still has good command, three walks or 28 innings. The whip is below one. So if he's available, I think Zach Grinky is a fairly strong add. Uh, despite the fact that he plays for a subpar team, he's been one of the few bright, uh, the few bright spots this season. So I think Zach Grinky should be on rosters at this point. He has been really surprisingly very good. Uh, let's go on to the next game, another low-scoring game. It was 3-0 White Sox victory over the Angels. And before we start with the pitchers, Mike Trout went 0-4 with four strikeouts in this one. It goes to show you the kind of dominance we saw from the White Sox here, in particular Dylan Cease, who I was a little bit nervous of going in just because of how well the Angels have been playing. But he was fantastic. Over seven innings, one hit, no earned runs. He struck out 11. Really a breakout year for him this year, it looks like. Last year, you know, he had the strikeout numbers, but the ERA was always kind of high. He got hit around a few times. Through five outings, his ERA is at 2.48, and he struck out 39 guys in 29 innings. He's looking like a fairly nice steal that you guys got, not too expensively on draft day. It was also nice to see Liam Hendricks pitch a 1-2-3-9, struck out the side, coming back from uh, his back troubles. Hopefully he can stay healthy. Hopefully there's no more of this... Uh, of this nonsense, really. Not nonsense, he's been hurt, but bad performance before he got hurt. Even with this game yesterday, the ERA is at 4.82. So out of those big closers this year, he's definitely been one of the more disappointing ones, uh, you know, between your Romanos and your haters and whatnot. He's still going to have value throughout the season, so don't be panic-selling uh, Hendricks <clears throat> for anything less than what you paid for him because he will fix that ERA. This is a small sample size of what he can do. Over the course of an inning, strike out the side, get a save for you. He's still going to have a lot of value on a team <clears throat> that, despite not being good right now, will turn it around and they will get better throughout the season. So I'm not worried about rostering Hendricks. Uh, really not much to talk about offensively in this one. There were nine hits total, uh, only two of them from the Angels. But uh, Patrick Sandoval on the other side was also very good, despite having a little bit of early trouble. Gave up a couple of runs in the first inning. Uh, A.J. Pollock and Jake Berger. Drove in the runs there. Going six innings, he gave up six hits, three earned runs. Uh, the, the, the shocker kind of, well, the surprising number was only two strikeouts over those six innings and three walks. So we hope that he will have a better go of it next time around. He's obviously better than this. Uh, it wasn't terrible, don't get me wrong. It was, it was pretty good, actually, against a team that's kind of not playing up to their weight class. Don't worry about him. The strikeouts will come back. Uh, it was a bit of an off start, but there's nothing to really worry about in terms of Sandoval. The next game was the Arizona Diamondbacks and the Miami Marlins. And I feel a need to apologize here to Pablo Lopez because just as I opened my big mouth yesterday on the show and said, you know, go invest in Cy Young uh, stock for Lopez. He's been fantastic. Uh, he, he got hit around a little bit. He gave up six hits and four runs over four and two thirds. He still struck out seven. And in spite of it all, his ERA for the year is still at 1.61. That's how good he had been. But uh, I feel like I jinxed him a little bit there yesterday. Probably nothing. But he did not have a great outing against the Diamondbacks, which is really disappointing. You'd figure that if there's... It was, you know, looking at matchup-wise, it was about as good as you could have possibly hoped for yesterday. 
the hottest pitcher in baseball going up against probably the worst offense in baseball. I mean, they haven't necessarily been the worst so far this year, but they're not very good. They're really not very good. They're 30th in batting average, 30th in hits. You'd figure that you could get a bit more out of Lopez yesterday, so it is a bit disappointing. You pick up the pieces and you move on. Uh, don't be panic selling or anything. I don't think anybody would be, but in case you had that notion in your head to sell him now while he's still got low ERA and good value, he'll turn it around. He'll be fine. There's no need to worry. Zach Allen on the other side got the victory here, going six in the third, giving up five hits and two in runs and striking out five. Zach Allen has looked really good this year through 21 innings. Uh, he's pitching to a 1.27 ERA. And another guy who I was pretty high on going into the year, he had a down year last year, and you got him at a discount this year because of it. Uh, ride the wave with Gallon, man. There's nothing you can really do. You're not going to try and sell him. You just ride it and appreciate the value that you've gotten out of the draft pick. That didn't cost you too much, most likely. I forget exactly where he was going in a lot of leagues. Uh, definitely post-pick 100. But he's definitely returning great value for uh, for his draft slot. The Twins and the Orioles is the next game we'll go into. It was a 2-1 Twins victory. And again, Chris Paddock had a good outing. You know, we were talking about it yesterday. He was a really good two-start option for this week. He's got the Orioles, and then he's got uh, the Athletics, I believe, coming up on Saturday, Sunday. I'm not sure which day he'll get. But five and a third, four hits, one earned run. He only struck out three, but he did get the victory here. Really promising stuff from Paddock. That's three straight good starts in a row. I think he should be on rosters. Uh, it was concerning the first couple of starts of the year. Some of the underlying metrics were not looking good for Paddock, but he has turned it around three consecutive outings. Granted, not a great team here, the Orioles. And he did it last time out against Detroit. And the time before that, it was Kansas. So these are not great teams. But while he's in this stretch, while he's riding the hot hand, he's going into Oakland. Uh, I think it'll be a road game against Oakland. I couldn't tell you, <clears throat> couldn't tell you with 100% accuracy there. But he'll be going, um, let me just take a look real quick. No, it'll be a home matchup against the Athletics, actually. So I like adding Paddock. If you haven't already, it's a, it'd be a good start for later this week. And he's been very hot. So I have no problem adding him. Uh, it, it, you know, it might not carry on the whole year. It might not carry on. But there's a chance that he is this guy that we thought he was going to be in San Diego. San Diego didn't think that clearly, getting rid of him. But they have very crowded starting rotation. I wouldn't read too much into San Diego getting rid of him. They have too many starters over there to know what to do with. So it's not like they think he's crap, so they got rid of him for that. He's he's still a very good pitcher. He's still working out some kinks in his young career. I'm not really worried about him going forward too much. I think right now he should be added. Uh, especially with the athletics coming up at home, I think that's a good matchup for him. It's... it's Athletics have been better than expected, but they've kind of reverted back to their ways these last few games. So I think you're fairly safe to be adding him there. Uh, the Blue Jays and the Yankees, it was a 3-2 Yankee victory over the Blue Jays. Tough loss. Uh, Ross Stripling was four innings, five hits, two earned runs, three strikeouts. He's not really anybody you have to worry about on the fantasy side. There may be <clears throat> some instances where you can stream him against uh, a bad team if there's a good matchup. And there will be times like that, but he's not, by any stretch of the imagination, a must-roster guy going forward. On the Yankee side, Jordan Montgomery was pretty good, actually. Over five innings, he gave up six hits, two earned runs, and struck out five. It was very good, you know, very promising against a good Toronto team. Too bad he didn't get the victory. They got their uh, their winning run in the ninth inning. He was already out of the game by that point. 
but he did pitch well enough where you know he he could have gotten a victory with that kind of performance. It was it was very nice to see against a good Toronto team, uh, someone who has shares of him. It was very comforting to see that he was not just you know picking on some lower hanging fruit with a couple of Orioles starts and a Detroit start that went very well for him. It's good to see that he can carry on that good performance uh, in a road matchup in Toronto. So Montgomery, I think, is someone that you can roster going forward as even a back-of-your-bench guy just for advantageous matchups even, but he's been good pretty much in every game so far this year. So I think he's he's pretty close to like must-roster. Maybe not must-roster. Maybe that's too strong language for him. But he's a strong ad. I'll put it that way. He's a strong ad. Moving on, we have the Braves and the Mets. And it was a 5-2 Braves victory. And we got a couple of good performances here on the mound. Max Fried got the victory over six innings, giving up four hits, two earned runs, and striking out six. Really good stuff out of Max Fried there. Uh, he got hit with uh, Mark Canna home run was one piece of the damage. And then there was um, Sterling Marte scored on the wild pitch. So nothing much on the Braves side there. Of too much note, there was an Austin Riley home run. Uh, Travis Darno had a three-hit game. Nothing really too much to talk about there. Uh, on the Mets side, Chris Bassett had a seven-inning performance, striking out eight, giving up three earned runs. He unfortunately did get saddled with the loss. But Chris Bassett, so far, ERA 2.61. If DeGrom ever comes back, uh, the Mets are going to have uh, one of the scariest rotations uh, I can remember between Bassett, Scherzer, and, and DeGrom, should he come back. Really scary. And, I mean, if Carrasco can pitch well, and, I mean, I've just completely forgotten about Tyler McGill there, Jesus, Murphy. Like, they have really are – I'm not going to say they're, like, my World Series pick at the moment, but they're certainly a strong enough team that they could win the World Series. Maybe their bullpen could use an extra piece or two. I'm not sure how much I trust Edwin Diaz, but they are a fantastic – fantastic team the Mets like despite taking the loss here I just kind of fawning over their lineup and in their rotation like even in a loss pass gives you seven strong giving up only three earned runs like a lot of the time you're going to win games like that your pitcher keeps you in it like that the Mets uh, I you know I'm not a, I'm not a New York fan being being a Toronto guy I've been burned a lot by New York teams never really by the Mets but I'm not a huge New York fan sports fan in general right I love New York City it's a beautiful city but in terms of the Yankees in terms of the New York Rangers in the NHL um, in terms of the New York Knicks uh, I've never been a big New York person so for me to to praise the Mets um it, it feels weird for me to be doing it because I'm just, you know, I'm a diehard Toronto sports fan. And there's something that inherently feels wrong in my body praising a New York team. But that being said, this Mets team is special. And they are definitely <clears throat> a contender for the World Series this year. Uh, I'll, I'll move on because I know that's not really fantasy stuff. I don't know. You guys let me know. Do you want me to talk about general baseball stuff as well as fantasy stuff? Or do you guys want just fantasy, straight up fantasy content? Let me know. Uh, hit me on Twitter. Let me know. Because I do like to mix in the odd little bit of baseball stuff, too. Maybe the odd little bit of betting, gambling stuff, too, going forward. Let me know because I want this to be an ideal experience for you guys. Let me know on Twitter what you guys um, what you guys like, what you guys don't like. Anyway, let's get back to the game recaps. Uh, the Astros and the Mariners is the next game. And this one really surprised me. This one truly, truly surprised me. Jake Odorizzi with a six and two-third inning shutout performance. 
I was not expecting this. I was using Mariners in DFS yesterday because I don't trust Jake Odorizzi as far as I could pick him up and toss him. But he gave up no earned runs. He only struck out three, but you'll take it if you have him there. Uh, gave up four hits, and, you know, he was very good. He was very good. He only walked one batter. I didn't watch this game because I, I just didn't watch it. There's too much stuff going on. But looking at this line, I was stunned. I was honestly stunned that this is the kind of performance he put in. I wouldn't go and add him. Um, there were some people who went and added him today. I, I was not one of those people. I think that it's a little bit of a risk still. I mean, two straight decent outings. I understand people adding him. But I'm not interested. Uh, I, I'm truly not interested. He's set up to face the Tigers next time uh, in Detroit if nothing changes schedule-wise. So maybe some low outside kind of interest there. But I don't think he's really worth an ad. Maybe on, on game day, I don't think he'll be s- s- grabbed up in your leagues very quickly. See on game day what he's, um, what his rostering is like if someone's picked him up. And then... See what you need category-wise at that point. He's not someone I'm prioritizing, though. On the Mariners' side, Marco Gonzalez, over six innings, gave up eight hits, three earned runs, struck out two. He's like a back-end roster guy. <clears throat> this is a fine performance uh, on the road against a tough lineup. You'd like some more strikeouts. You'd like him to not give up two home runs, obviously. Jordan Alvarez and Jeremy Pena um, were the lone offense in this game. That was, that was it for the offense. So, Gonzalez... Yeah, I'm, I'm holding him. I'm not dropping him. I, in certain shallow leagues, maybe I would drop him to pick up a hot pick, a hot free agent. But he's not. I don't know. Like he, he's fairly consistent with his with his starts. He usually goes five or six innings. The strikeouts are usually going to be better than this. They're not going to be fantastic, but they're going to be better than this. I think he's a decent back end of your rotation kind of option. Like he's a similar kind of guy to Jordan Montgomery. I. I Take Montgomery over Gonzalez, but in the same vein of pitcher there. Last game of the night was the Rays and the Athletics. It was a 6-1 Rays victory. Andrew Rasmussen was very good over five innings. Gave up just one hit, uh, one earned run, struck out three. Really nice stuff from him there. And then uh, one inning from four different relievers after him. From the Athletics, it was Dalton Jeffries who had a really tough outing. And he was going into this game, he's you know, a decent option. You know, you... He was added quite a bit. Uh, some people have have him rostered on their teams now, and he's, I mean, maybe not after today, but he was added quite a bit in these last couple of weeks because of some good starts. But here he gave up 11 hits and six earned runs over five innings, only striking out four. Uh, a lot of people moved on from him after that, and I completely understand. He's going to be a hit and miss kind of guy. Uh, not not anybody that you need to worry about. Um not anybody you need to worry about adding right now. There may be certain matchups throughout the year that you like, but he's playing for a pretty bad team, so the win potential is going to be fairly minimized. I liked what I saw from him in a couple of his starts. I liked the Baltimore start. Uh, he wasn't bad against Toronto, but I don't think that you can really do much with him going forward. In the in the deepest of leagues, uh, sure, if you're like a really deep 20-team league or whatever, then... I understand keeping him, but I don't think he's going to have too much value going forward. That takes care of yesterday. Let's look ahead to today. And we have a doubleheader, so it's a 16-game slate instead of a 15-game slate. Now, the Braves and the Mets. 
I'm not sure if they have announced who is starting which game. Because last time I checked, which was about 20 minutes, half an hour before I started recording this, they... Okay, so... I think it'll be Charlie Morton, Game 1, and Kyle Wright, Game 2, for the Braves. Uh, It doesn't make a massive difference, really, from our fantasy point of view, but I think it'll be Charlie Morton, Game 1, and Kyle Wright, Game 2. For the Mets, it's for sure going to be David Peterson. And then the other starter, uh, I don't think there's been an official announcement here. As to the other one, um, there might have been, and I've missed it. Is it Carrasco today? Maybe it's Carrasco. Yeah, it's Carlos Carrasco. So Carrasco will get one and Peterson will get the other. And for the Braves, one of them will be Morton and one of them will be Kyle Wright. I'm not exactly sure how that will line up because they haven't talked about, um, they haven't nailed down officially who's going to start which game. In general, Kyle Wright has been a huge stud this year, so he's obviously a go. Charlie Morton has been a little bit iffy, so I'd still start him, but you got to keep your expectations a little bit down against a tough Mets team, especially a Mets team coming off a loss, so you expect them to bounce back. So I'm I'm a little iffy about starting Charlie Morton today. Uh, David Peterson has been very good in his starts this year, so I think he's a, a good option to start. Uh, good streaming option today. And Carlos Carrasco had started well and then got roughed around last time. So he's kind of an iffy one as well. Uh, he's one I would recommend you take a look at your other starters for this week. See how you're projecting it to go. If you got a really tough week of matchups ahead or if you have a week where you don't really have to worry too much. You don't think you got some strong starters. You get some strong matchups. So if you do have a lot of strong starters then I would probably not worry about Carrasco. If you're a little bit iffy about how your week's going to go and you want a little bit of an added boost, especially in a points league, then Carrasco should be a safe option for today. Let's talk about... uh, So that's pretty much the only starting game uh, in the afternoon is the 3 o'clock Braves-Mets game, which is 3.10 p.m. Eastern time. The second game will start at 6.40. Other than that, we have every game starting... In the evening tonight, 6.10 for the Padres, 6.40 for the Diamondbacks and Marlins, and then we're getting into the 7 o'clock range. So not much in terms of day games today, which I kind of like. It's not so much of a a rush to get the show out to you guys if there's 12 o'clock start times. You know, I take a little bit more time here with my evaluations. Let's start with the Padres and the Guardians. We have Zach Plezak and Mike Clevenger. So Clevenger is making his first start of the year. He hasn't pitched in quite a while, and I don't expect him to go terribly deep in this one if you roster him which you probably do um maybe leave him on your il if you haven't taken him off already and just see how he fares here because it's been a while since we've got him in major league action he's pitching against his old team which might incentivize him a little bit more than he typically would be i'm not jumping to put him in in my lineup today is what i'm saying i i'd be very cautious about activating him and putting him in there you may have already taken him off the IL and put him in the starting lineup, or maybe you put him on your bench because you needed to drop somebody anyway. Very cautious to deploy him because he's not going to get the win for you. Almost guaranteed he's not going to go five innings. It's it's a risky start. It's a very risky start here. Zach Plezak on the other side is a little bit risky, but I, I think he's fairly safe. Obviously not a big strikeout guy. 
he does allow some base runners, but overall he tends to keep guys from scoring. Typically, he's an all right option today, please, Zach. He's not anybody I'm going to be jumping at, but he's not a bad option. Uh, on the diamond, next game is the Diamondbacks and the Mar, uh, the Merit, the Merit. I was getting my Mariners and Marlins mixed up. It's the Marlins. It's the Diamondbacks and the Marlins. Humberto Castellanos and Trevor Rogers. So Trevor Rogers' ERA is still over five on the year, despite his last start of the year, um, his last time out being very good, a six inning outing against the Nationals where he gave up two hits and one and run. Great matchup. You have to love the matchup here against the uh, Diamondbacks. I would use Rogers here. Fairly comfortably, uh, while also keeping in the back of my mind what happened with Lopez yesterday. But I've, I'm very comfortable starting Rodgers here. Castellanos, on the other hand, uh, he has not proven it at all this year that he's worth using in any format. So we're not going to be touching him. Very risky if you want to go pick him up. I don't see why you would. So we're not going to spend too much time on him. Uh, we, next game we have is the Rangers and the Phillies. We have John Gray going up against Ranger Suarez. And this is John Gray's first start back from the injured list. He's had blister stuff. He's had knee stuff. Uh, it's an M- it was an MCL sprain. He's not someone we're going to be looking at tonight uh, with any particular degree of confidence. Tough matchup. Small ballpark. Very powerful team in the Phillies. He's not really gotten his feet wet this year. He's only pitched nine innings. Probably not going to go very deep. He's not someone I'd worry about really in any format. If you roster him... Already, I would. He's a strong benching candidate for tonight. I would say, Ranger Suarez on the other side. He's not what he was last year. He's pretty clearly not that guy from last year, and it was kind of a miracle how good he was last year. The ERA was like it almost went under one. I think he was he was a special pitcher last year. I added him last year as a closer, and then he ended up being a starter, and he was one of my more valuable starters down the line. I like him. This is a good matchup at home, and I would probably deploy fairly comfortably, but also knowing that he's not as good as he was last year. So what we've seen so far, this might be who he is, uh, a mid-fours ERA. If that holds up, then he's going to be a drop. He's not going to be a rosterable guy in in your 10, 12-team leagues if he keeps this up. I think last time out was a bit better for him. Uh, yeah, he went six innings, uh, gave up three runs last time against the Rockies. And the time before that, he only gave up one earned run. So he's actually been not bad this year. He just hasn't gotten very deep into games. So the ERA uh, is a little bit inflated. So uh, end of bottom, long story short, I would use Suarez here today. I think it's a, it's a good matchup. The Rangers have been sputtering. Cautiously, I'm going to use him. Uh, I'm not I'm not fully, fully there because... There have been some concerning numbers this year. He doesn't throw particularly hard. I like him, but yeah, I know I'm going back and forth on this. I'm just kind of not really sure in my own head about him. I think I think I would start him though. I think at the end of the day, I would start him. Again, this usually comes with the caveat that you have to look at your week. You have to look at what your guys did yesterday. If your ERA is already been blown up for the week if your ERA is already sitting at like six or whatever then you don't really have much to lose by starting guys right if you had a couple of guys throw yesterday and you've had like 18 innings pitched and you haven't given up any earned runs this week you're trying to have a very low earned run week then Suarez is maybe a little bit risky there anyway all just food for thought all of this is just 
information to try and help you guys make your decisions. Because at the end of the day, I can't make your decisions for you. I'm just trying to inform you guys, give you as much information as possible to help you guys uh, with your roster decisions. Let's keep it going. Let's keep it going here. Of course, that, that means you can still ask questions and I'll answer them. But at the end of the day, a lot of you guys will do your own thing and you just take this and you kind of just store it in the memory bank and hope to add it to your fantasy knowledge. So even if I say yes, start him, uh, use your own evaluators, right? I'm not God. I'm, I'm not right every time. Use your own metrics, your own metrics. Use metrics that exist on the internet and use your own opinions, your own gut feelings and try and make a proper hypothesis of what's going to happen. It's, it's very hard. Baseball is a very hard sport to predict. But at the end of the day, you, you got to do what feels right to you, right? Especially these are your teams. You put money into these leagues. You got to do what feels right to you at the end of the day. Let's keep it going. The Twins and the Orioles is the next matchup here. And a, honestly, a really good pitching matchup. You wouldn't have thought so coming into the year maybe. But Joe Ryan and Bruce Zimmerman, uh, their ERAs are 1-1-7 and 0-9-3. Both of them are looking like really nice plays tonight. Zimmerman maybe less so than Ryan because... You have a feeling with Zimmerman that it's any day now um, he's going to come back to you know a more reasonable ERA than .93. That's obviously not sustainable for anybody, let alone an Orioles pitcher. No offense to Baltimore fans. It's just the way it is. So Zimmerman, is he's bound to get hit up eventually. I don't know that it'll be tonight. I'd feel pretty safe using him tonight. I had, I did add him in one league because the roster percentage is really low for him still. He's not someone that people have really taken a chance on. Uh, on Yahoo, he is rostered in 18% of leagues, despite being a 153rd ranked player for the year. And he would be higher if he'd gotten a couple more victories. I think he's an ad, and I think you should deploy him tonight. Honestly, that would be what I would advise. Uh, you play him until he burns you. And I think this is not a not a terrible matchup against the Twins. They're they're a good team, the Twins, but they're not that scary to me. Uh, I I would feel pretty comfortable using Zimmerman here. Joe Ryan has been absolutely unreal so far this year, and he's going up against a poor Orioles team. So no questions about Joe Ryan tonight. He is all systems go, DFS season long, points league, category league. He is absolutely a go for tonight. The next game is the Angels and the Red Sox. Noah Syndergaard and Michael Waka. Another matchup of two guys who have done very well this year. And also two guys that I really don't know what they're going to give you going forward. Um, Syndergaard, yes, he's had some very good seasons in Queens. He's had some good seasons for the Mets. He's also had a couple of years off, and now he's come back very strong, granted. I'm not sure I like him here at Fenway. I'm not sure that it's a great matchup for him. I wouldn't recommend it in a DFS setting. Uh, in season-long formats, yeah, go ahead. Uh, put him in your lineup. I'm not terribly excited about about him tonight. Like, I don't think it'll be terrible, but I don't think you're going to get, um, like he's been so far, a 2-1-2 ERA kind of pitcher. I think we've seen a very good version of him so far. And I don't know how much more of that we're going to see until we start to get some arm fatigue and stuff. I, I just don't really trust the body to hold up with Syndergaard. I think he's fairly safe tonight and I would use him myself if I did have any shares. But again, um, it's not clear to me one way or the other that he's going to be a great, great asset this year, or he's going to be a drop in two weeks. Like, okay, not two weeks, but you guys know what I mean. 
it's not really clear to me what kind of value he's going to have. And it's the same thing with Michael Walker. He's been really good through his 20 innings this year, pitching to a 177 ERA. Walks have been a little bit high. He's walked nine guys in 20 innings. And that's maybe a little bit of a concern there, right? So I feel more comfortable with Syndergaard than with Walker. At the end of the day, I would say they're probably both safe to deploy, but more so Syndergaard uh, I would feel comfortable with. Waka is a walking time bomb, I feel like, similarly to what Dylan Bundy was. And also kind of similarly to Bruce Zimmerman. I don't think it'll be as bad with Bruce Zimmerman. But I think Waka at some point is going to just light up like 10 earned runs and it's going to be a, a true ERA massacring once that happens. And I don't know when it's going to happen, but I feel like it will happen eventually. Uh, the next game we'll look at is my Blue Jays going up against the Yankees. And it's Alec Manoa Day, which here in Toronto uh, is becoming a big deal because he has been outstanding. If you have him on your fantasy teams, you lucked out. You really lucked out so far. He started 25 games in his career, and the Blue Jays have won 20 of them. He is a stud. He's an absolute stud to this point. And the best thing is he's 24 years old. 25 innings pitched, 25 strikeouts, a 1.44 ERA, and a 0.88 whip. I love what he does. I love the way he's able to mix his pitches. He works his fastball inside. He's great. He's a great pitcher. He's someone, yes, we're deploying him tonight. Tough matchup against the Yankees. I don't care. I'm deploying him. He has earned my confidence as someone who's watched like every start in his career pretty much. He's just that guy. He is that guy. So I'm, I'm totally good to start him here. Jamison Tyone on the other side, uh, probably feeling pretty good about starting him too. He's had a good year. He's only walked two guys through 19 innings. He's been really solid for them. Granted, this is a tough matchup, but I'm not feeling too bad about it. He pitched uh, last time against the Jays at Yankee Stadium. Five innings, five hits, two earned runs. Uh, he did give up a home run, I believe, to George Springer. I think it was George Springer. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was it was a Springer home run. And the Jays did win that game 3-0, but he wasn't too bad. So he's an interesting play today. Not one of my recommended plays, but uh, if you have him already, then he's probably safe enough to start. You know, the Jays' offense is eventually going to have a massive day. They're going to have some kind of crazy explosion eventually because <clears throat> right now they're, I think, 29th in the league in batting with runners in scoring position. That is not going to continue. They will change that around. Teoscar Hernandez will come back, and the lineup will be a lot better. While he's out, while they're a little bit depleted, this might be a decent chance to use Tyone. He is in that kind of iffy bucket for me with Waka and Syndergaard and those guys, although I do trust him a little bit more. Um, he is a deploy, but deploy cautiously guy for tonight. I like him, but I don't love him. Uh, next game we will go into would be the Pirates and the Tigers. I'm sure the viewership for this one's going to be through the roof. Bryce Wilson and Michael Pineda will be the starting pitchers. Bryce Wilson, no, there's no point adding. There's no point adding either of them really. But Wilson in particular, there's just there's just nothing there. 15 innings, 4.70 ERA. He's only struck out 10 and walked eight. He's, there's, there's nothing there, guys. Do not do not be tempted by the Tigers matchup. There's, I, I wouldn't do it. Michael Pineda is a little bit more interesting to me. But, you know, he, 
he's not the guy he used to be five, six, seven years ago. I don't really like him here. I don't. I think there's definitely worse options tonight. Uh, big ballpark, bad team equals usually good streaming option. If you're desperate, if you have a ton of ads for the week, if you have unlimited ads for the week, then he might be a decent play here. Just keep your expectations low with Pineda. But I think he's honestly not a terrible play. Um, definitely a lot better than Wilson. Next game of the night is the White Sox and the Cubs. We have Michael Kopech and Drew Smiley. Pretty, another one, another pretty solid pitching matchup. Kopech, what's holding back his fantasy value this year so far is that he hasn't recorded a victory. But through 19 innings, he has a 1.42 ERA, a .95 whip. He's been everything you could have wanted and more if you drafted him. 18 strikeouts in 19 innings, you'd hope for a little bit more. And you'd hope for less than nine walks through 19 innings. But at the same time, you'll take it. Pretty solid matchup here against a Cubs team that's not doing very well. Not that the White Sox are doing very well either. They actually have identical 9-13 and 13 records. But I, I feel a lot more confident in the White Sox. Drew Smiley will be going up for, against the White Sox tonight for the Cubs. And he's actually been one of the surprises this year as well through his four starts. Is it four? Yeah. Four starts, a 2.79 ERA. Very serviceable stuff. Very serviceable stuff. And it's not a bad option to deploy tonight against the White Sox. A fairly right-handed uh, heavy lineup in the White Sox. So that's something to keep in mind there uh, with the lefty Smiley. It might be uh, playing into the batter's advantage to use him tonight. But I think there's a lot worse options. Like I said, there is a lot worse options tonight than a guy like Smiley. And I need to check the roster percentage for Smiley because I'm not sure how high it is. It can't be that high. It's 10%. He's a very widely available option if you're worried about your accumulative stats for this week, your wins, uh, your strikeouts and whatnot. Not that he's a massive strikeout guy, but if you're worried about those kind of stats, or maybe you just dropped one of your guys yesterday, you dropped... I don't know, a disappointing pitcher who, um, I don't know, you dropped the Jeffries or you dropped, uh, I don't know, maybe you dropped Ross Stripling or whoever, then uh, Smiley's not a bad guy to pick up in that spot. He's facing a team that's not doing particularly well recently, and I feel pretty comfortable using him there. Now, this next matchup, if I told you the names on the surface without the numbers, you'd think really good matchup. If you combine their ERAs right now on the season, you're currently looking at just shy of 12. So, the Reds and the Brewers. Tyler Molly and Brandon Woodruff. Tyler Molly has really not been... I mean, neither of them have been very good. But Molly in particular has really been unimpressive to me. He's walked 11 over 22 innings. Uh, the strikeout numbers are still there. But the, the amount of base runners he's letting on... The amount of guys he's letting on base is unacceptable. Last year, I think he had the highest wins above replacement of any National League pitcher. I could be wrong on that, but he had a he had a a WAR over five, which is incredibly high for one season. He's definitely better than this. Now, Milwaukee's pretty decent team this year. They're good lineup. I mean, the, a lot of their strength comes from their pitching, but they have a good lineup. It might not go well for Molly again tonight. I mean, you really hope it does. As someone who owns him in a couple of leagues, I really hope it does go well. But I'm very concerned so far from what I've seen. I think that this is a decent chance to buy low on him. But at the same time, I don't know what's going to happen. He's been very concerning. He's not at all been someone that, you know, I don't. Has he even had one good start this year? 
Not really. It's been tough. It's been very tough. Yeah, you can't. He's just, I, I don't know. I, I have very mixed feelings about him. I feel like he'll turn it around. But at the same time, what we've seen so far is really bad. So I'm going to probably be starting him tonight in the leagues where I have him. But I'm not going to feel very good about it. Let's put it that way. I, I feel like I'm going to start him, but uh, I'm going to be holding my breath. Brandon Woodruff, another guy who, I, he's not been as concerning as Molly, but another guy who has not been great. His last time out against the Pirates, he gave up four in runs. Very bad. Time before that, against the Pirates, six innings of shutout ball. Game before that, St. Louis, five innings of shutout ball. And the game before that, at the Cubs, he gave up seven earned runs. He's not done particularly well against the bad teams. And you'd look at it on the surface and say, this is a fantastic matchup for Woodruff. And it is a, a great matchup for Woodruff. But he has not really proven it to us this year so far that he can beat these bad teams. I mean, he, he beats them, but he'll also lose to them. So you don't really know where to stand with him. Again, a guy that I have a lot of shares of that I'm going to be starting tonight. I'm not going to feel particularly great about it, though, because of how he's been. Yes, these guys will be started. Um, Molly is maybe a little bit more questionable, but if you drafted Woodruff, you're going to be starting him pretty much every game for the whole year. You just have to hope for better. That's all there really is. You have to just hope for better. You're not going to sell him. You're not going to drop him. You just have to hope for more. Let's move on to the Cardinals and the Royals. Dakota Hudson and Brad Keller. Another good pitching matchup tonight. A lot of good. I think that might be in the title of the video somehow. Some some something to do with these pitching matchups because there's a lot of really excellent ones, and even ones that you wouldn't really think of going into the year. If you saw this pitching matchup, you'd say, okay, it's it's not exactly appointment viewing, right? But they've both been very good this year. Particularly Brad Keller has been really really good. I really like him. I think he's a fairly strong add. Uh, this is a fairly tough matchup, but I I like him going forward. At least to be a back-end guy. He's not going to be a big strikeout guy, but if he can keep this up with the with the ratios, I mean, that's really valuable to have a guy. Who, I mean, I don't think he'll be this low, but I think he can be fairly valuable. And a lot of people aren't really high on him, but I think that he can definitely carry some value. I think it's an interesting place to start him tonight. Dakota Hudson, also a very strong start here against a bad Kansas City team. Both of these guys I feel really good about using. I feel a little bit safer about Hudson, despite the fact that I like Keller more, just because Kansas City does not have the same kind of firepower that St. Louis has. So, end of the day, I'm going to feel comfortable starting both of them. A little bit better about Hudson, despite the fact that I like Keller more. But feel free to deploy them both. Honestly, feel free to deploy them both. Let's move on to the Mariners and the Astros. Chris Flexen and Christian Javier. Christian Javier didn't have the greatest go of it his first time in the rotation, his first um, his first game. It wasn't terrible. Uh, four hits, two earned runs on a home run against the Rangers. Similar kind of matchup here. Not a great team. Better team than the, than the Rangers. But I feel safe using him. I feel safe using Javier. On the other side, Chris Flexen is a little bit more risky. He's not going to be any, getting you any kind of strikeout numbers. A little bit more risk associated with Flexen. But overall, uh, both of these guys I feel not too bad about. Better with Javier. Better with Javier, for sure. Flexen is, I don't know, we talked about him earlier. He's like a, a decent guy for percentages, not going to strike out a lot of guys. And he is a left-handed pitcher going up against, sorry, he's a right-handed pitcher. What am I talking about? Who am I thinking of? 
I just talking about, I think it was Mark Gonzalez I had mixed up in my head. He is a right-handed pitcher. Forget about what I just said. Christian Javier, I think definitely good to start. Flexing a little bit on the FU side, but bottom line is I'd probably go both of them. I'd probably start both of them here. Um, Flexing a little bit iffier, but I'd probably be all right with both. Uh, Nationals and the Rockies will move on. Eric Fetty and Herman Marquez. This is one where you're going to want to target the batters because A, we're in Coors Field, and B, neither of these guys particularly great so far this year. We were talking about Marquez yesterday as one of the two-start guys who's an interesting pickup. I think the next start for him will be against uh, the Diamondbacks, if memory serves. Uh, yeah, so not a bad pickup, Marquez, and you take you take a flyer, you see if he can give you value uh, today, and even if he doesn't give you value today, then you got the start against the Diamondbacks coming up. Two really great matchups, so I'm all right with adding him. I don't know if he'll go necessarily the greatest, but I think there's enough upside potential that you can take the risk and you can still look yourself in the mirror because of the fact that he's playing these poor teams. He's not been very good this year, but the opponents are tough to overlook. I still think you should use a couple of bats from either of these guys in your daily lineups because I think that there's a good chance that it's not going to go very well for him. Uh, I think definitely worse for Fetty. Fetty is someone that you can definitely deploy against. Deploy your Rockies. Uh, Charlie Blackman is someone I'm going to be really liking tonight. I don't like Fetty very much in general, but especially in a Coors Field start, I don't have a lot of confidence. Marquez, um, kind of mixed feelings about, like I said, I would still deploy your Nationals guys in your DFS lineups, your Sotos, your Bells, and feel pretty good about it. I don't think it'll be a bad outing for Marquez and the two-start week against the weaker opponents definitely would lead you to uh, lean towards adding him. So I'll be all right with using an ad on him and you, you take what you get. It's, it's a little risky and I, I completely acknowledge that the risk associated with it. It's kind of a toss up, right? There are a lot of guys today um, who are toss ups who are, They've been good, and you don't know if they're going to continue to be good. Or on the opposite side, they've been bad. I think they'll get better, but I'm not sure this is a good matchup. It's a tricky day for pitching today. Today is a very tricky day to nail down in terms of matchups. There's a lot of the times I'll look at a matchup, and I'll be able to tell you right away what I think of it. And these ones require a little bit more analysis, and I'm kind of trying to do that with you guys live here. I'm trying to get my reactions and my analysis kind of done over over the recording, as opposed to having everything pre-figured out beforehand, before I start recording, just so you guys can kind of work through my thought process with me. So that's where I'm coming from. A couple more games to go over now. Uh, the Rays and the Athletics. Paul Blackburn has been fantastic for Oakland. He's been really, really solid in his, I think is this his fifth start now? This will be his fifth start. Through 20 innings and four starts, he's pitched to a 1.35 ERA. He's gotten through teams like San Francisco, Toronto, Tampa Bay. He has been one of the bigger surprises this year, and I'm probably all right starting him. While also acknowledging, again, he's not going to keep this up forever. He is going to eventually have a bad outing. It could be tonight. It's a very hard day to nail down for pitchers. I feel pretty good about starting him. He is someone who has roster percentage has gone up quite a bit, but I, I feel pretty all right starting him here. Ryan Yarbrough on the other side. Uh, this will be his season debut, I believe. Yeah, Ryan Yarbrough season debut. 
I don't tend to like to add a guy for a debut just because you're not going to really get much out of them. Typically, you're going to get three, four innings maybe, especially with the Rays. Who the hell knows? Typically, you might, I mean, you might get four or five innings. You might get like, you know, an inning or two innings maybe. He's a, he's a good pitcher, Ryan Yarbrough. Um, didn't have a great year last year. I'm just not really interested. I'm not really interested in using an ad on him. Uh, I'll pass. I'll pass on Ron Yarbrough. Uh, Paul Blackburn, I feel pretty all right about. One last game. This is another really excellent matchup for the pitchers. Carlos Rodon and Julio Urias, two leading candidates for Cy Young, I would say, going forward this year. Rodon, uh, I think, is probably number one in the National League, especially with Pablo Lopez having that rough outing yesterday. Rodon is probably firmly in the number one spot. Both of these guys are going to be good to deploy, and it's going to be a really fun matchup to watch. Obviously, two good offenses, but this is our first uh, Giants-Dodgers game of the year, so it should be a lot of fun. Both of these guys, fantastic left-handed pitchers. I feel very confident in both of them. Deploy and play ball. That is it for our recap and our look ahead, which obviously is a majority of our show here. Let's take a look at some of the guys who have been added and dropped in a lot of instances today so far. So Ryan Helsley, he did not get the save yesterday. I believe they went to Gallegos to get the save. And I think that was more of, um, you know, they don't want to overuse Helsley. He had just thrown a couple innings the day before, so they weren't trying to burn him out. I feel pretty good about adding him, though. Gone up 24% his roster percentage from last week, up to 31%. He's a strong stash and a decent add if you need saves. He might not get every save. He won't, like he showed you last night. He won't get every single save. But I think he's still a decently strong add. Dakota Hudson, we talked about him a little bit. Good, strong stream tonight against Kansas City. And someone who honestly might even be able to have back-end value throughout the year. Sheldon Noisy. He's had a couple of quiet games now. He's won for his last seven, but I think he's still worth a deeper speculative add. Uh, specifically, if you're in like a 12, 14 team league or deeper, then yes. Shallower than that, maybe not. Eight, 10 team leagues. But he's been contributing in five categories to this point of the year, uh, batting at the top of the lineup. So I think he's a decent add, especially if you need that help, second, third base eligibility. Um, Andres Jimenez, I've had a couple people ask him on Twitter uh, what I think he's capable of. Uh, one guy asked, do you think he can go 15 and 15 this year? That would shock me, honestly, if he went for 15 and 15. He's batting at the bottom of a not great lineup. He goes around from the seven spot to the nine spot, batted six the other day. He's not someone that really interests me too much. Could I be wrong? Yeah, sure, I could be wrong. But I'm not thinking he's going to be a guy who, I mean, 15 and 15, like I said, it would shock me. So not really a ton of great ads available today. I mean, there are guys who are a little bit more risky, like your Michael Walkers, who we talked about. Uh, he's due to get lit up at some point. It could be today. He's a very iffy one to add. Uh, Joan Duran actually is an interesting ad, someone that I'd been holding on to for a while. And now it paid off. He got a save yesterday. Hopefully he can keep that up. I'm not sure he's going to get every save opportunity. He probably won't, but he's definitely an interesting ad, even just on the strikeout numbers alone. He strikes out a hell of a lot of guys. He's very capable of striking out the side every time he goes out there. 
throws, I think he tops out at 102. There's a lot of good things there. There's a lot of good stuff. If you can afford to stash him, then I would go ahead and do it. Uh, David Peterson, we talked about. Good stream for today. Bruce Zimmerman, we also talked about. And Christian Javier. Those are the main guys being added, our pitchers to stream for today. On the drop side, mostly guys who went yesterday. Drew Rasmussen has been dropped quite a bit, and I don't really get that. I would hold on to Rasmussen there. Chris Paddock also being dropped. I wouldn't do it. He's been looking pretty good. I would hold on at least through that start against the Athletics on the weekend and see how he does before we're making any rash decisions on dropping him. Joey Wendell's been dropped quite a bit, and he's got some general soreness. And, you know, I was saying it last week. I don't think he'll be able to hold value for very long. Get it while you can. Uh, hopefully you added and you got some stolen bases out of it, maybe a home run out of it last week. I don't think he's going to be a very strong hold going forward. Brandon Marsh has been dropped quite a bit. That's what happens when you go for your last 13. People start losing faith. Hold on to Brandon Marsh. He's still young. He's got a good power potential, good speed potential. And he's going to be batting atop that lineup. Even if he's moved down into the middle of that lineup, it just changes him from more of a run potential guy to a more of an RBI potential guy. Hold on to Marsh. I like him there. Those are the main guys being dropped, really. Dalton Jeffries as well being dropped. People are still dropping Alex Cobb from that rough start against the Nationals a couple days back. I would hold on to Cobb, uh, see what happens going forward. I, I think it's a little bit too soon to be dropping him. Those are the main names being uh Tossed around on the waiver wire. Let's look at some DFS stuff for tonight. So there's a couple of pitchers that look really nice. Um, there's a few, actually. I mean, uh, when there's this many games, there's going to be a lot of options, and there's going to be a lot of guys that look nice. And I've already talked about today, there's a ton of great pitching matchups. So we have one, two, three, four, five, six. There's like 10 guys priced over $40 here. Typically, you're going to be looking at like five or six. So there's a lot of good options. I like Joe Ryan, despite him being the most expensive option on the board going into Baltimore. And I like Alec Manoa. Uh, Alec Manoa has proven it time and time again that he is that guy, and I feel safe using him. Until he shows us he, he can't do it, until he shows us, not that he can't do it, but until he shows us more rough patches, consistent rough patches, which I don't think is going to happen really, I feel safe using him pretty much all the time. Uh, in terms of some targets... Uh, some matchup targets on the other side. Uh, we already talked about Eric Fetty and Bryce Wilson going up against Detroit and Colorado on the road, respectively. I think those are going to be guys who do not have a ton of success tonight. Ryan Yarbrough is also one who is kind of iffy based on um, this being his first start of the year. He's not someone I would really want to use. Maybe you add him in deeper leagues, but he's not going to give you too much value. I don't think they're... Um, Herman Marquez, we talked about as well. He's a bit of a mixed bag. We're not sure what we're going to get, but I think it's fairly safe to use a couple of nationals in your lineup there to protect against uh, against the blowout, which is possible. Not that it's a great team in Washington or anything, but Marquez is very iffy. So I would protect yourself um, in DFS by using at least one nationals player early in that lineup. Someone uh, top two or three in the batting order. Like Juan Soto would be very... A very nice choice for tonight. Josh Bell. Um, well, I'll get into more DFS stuff on the DFS show. The DFS Today podcast, which will come out a little bit later than this one. Uh, should still be out in plenty enough time for you guys to set your lineups for this evening. But uh, a little bit more of an expanded, expanded segment over there. But in case you guys don't have time, uh, Joe Ryan and Manoa are the guys that I'm going to be targeting 
Uh, Brandon Woodruff is also very interesting as well. When you're setting your lineups, try and set it with Rockies, Tigers, maybe a National or two. And I don't think it would hurt to use some Astros as well tonight. Guys, that's going to do it for us on this side. Like I said, if you want more of an extended DFS breakdown, the DFS Today podcast, also a sports ethos presentation, wherever you find your podcast, it will be there. It was It's not called MLB DFS Today, which is sometimes what I call it. It's just called DFS Today, and then there are MLB shows on that channel as well. They're all sorted. So that will do it for us here. We'll be back tomorrow. Uh, typically, Wednesday is our guest day, but it's going to be one day late this week. We'll have our guests coming in on Thursday. Guys, Thank you so much for being here with us once again. This has been Fantasy MLB Today. We'll see you tomorrow. Cheers. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.